Welcome to the PRing Your Life podcast, episode number 12. This podcast is designed to help age 40 plus athletes live their best life. On this episode, we're going to talk about diets. We'll discuss how everyone is different and there is no one size fits all approach. We'll share the secrets we've learned over the years from our education and trial and lots of error. We've got a lot to share, so let's go. Hi, I'm Dr. Libby. And I'm Coach Alex. Welcome to PR in Life podcast, where it's all about thriving, not just surviving as an over 40 athlete. I've been a family practitioner for almost 20 years, and I have been dissatisfied with what medicine has to offer athletes. Now, as a functional medicine doctor, I've teamed up with Alex, a functional health coach, to talk about how to get to the root cause of symptoms. And together, we'll teach you how to make 40 and beyond the best years of your life. Alex, how are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. It sounds like you've had a productive morning already. Yes, yes. <laughs> I kind of miss Dan swimming at five o'clock in the morning because it's amazing how much you get done when you get up early. I know. I, I slept in this weekend, which I don't do. I'm, I'm such a morning person. And it was good to get the rest, but then I just... You I, feel my, behind. Yeah, my day like starts behind the eight ball. But I got up this morning. Like I, my routine during the week is I get up at 5.30. Yeah. And so the alarm went off and I got up. And then basically I have from 5.30 until 8 is like my time. And I love it. I mean, I do yeah. so much. I like I read and I meditate and I exercise and I take the dog on a walk, you know. And then I t- at 8 I take a shower and get ready to do my work day. But, um, you know, I love the freedom that I have in my life. Yeah. You know. I know. Isn't it great? It is so great. I remember being envious of you for years. Like, that girl's got freedom. I want freedom. And I now have freedom, you know. Like, working for yourself is just so fun. Well, you know, it's (laughs) nice. I've always loved, you know, like, even this weekend, I was working by 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. and doing stuff until 7, 7.30, and then, you know, playing for a couple hours and then coming back and working for a couple hours. Yeah. And I like that. I have never been great with a typical nine to five. Yeah. And I mean, I put in the hours, but it's just cut up. And yeah. I, that works very well for my OCD personality yeah. and ADD. So it's great. It's so funny. And I think with working for yourself, you can just find what what works for yourself. Like I am very regimented. And so I am yeah. like 8.30 till 4.30, I am working. And like people ask me, they're like, you work from home? Like, isn't that hard to stay motivated? I'm like, no, it is not. Like yeah. I never turn the TV on or I never am like tempted yeah. to like watch Netflix in the middle of the day or anything like that. But um, but then I don't really work much on the weekends like you do. And yeah. you you kind of space your day up a little bit more, which is which is freedom. It works for me. It has always worked it for me that way. It works for you. And it's awesome. I just absolutely love it. I don't know yeah. that everybody could maybe stay motivated and stay with doing what they need to do with having that much freedom. Yeah. But um, I, I love it. I do. I'm a huge, li- my list have list. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of the night before usually sit down and, and it's funny because I'll do like from 6 to 6.30. Here's what I'm going to do. From 6.30 to 7, here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I mean, I really block stuff out. So yeah. that way I know I get the really important stuff done, but yes. I'm like you watching TV. None of that is just that. Just doesn't Mm-mm. even enter my mind to do that during the day. Yes. So 
Yeah. We have a house full of TVs. Like, I'm not going to even tell you how many TVs we have in our house because it's ridiculous. But I do not watch TV. Like, no. if, if, if I'm home by myself, no TVs are on. Yeah. And occasionally I'll put some music on, but I just like the quiet and I like my thoughts. And um, Andy loves background noise. Like, <laughs> he just loves it on. Like, he's he never... He, the only time he really just sits and veggies and watches TV would be like on a weekend or in the evening, maybe. But like, but even if he's like eating lunch, it just has to be on in the background. I mean, he just loves the noise of yeah, it all. And I love. Not... I like it quiet. I, I don't know if it's an auditory processing that mm-hmm. I find that very distracting. I yeah. don't like to have any of the noise. So yeah, I'm with you. I like it nice and quiet and just yeah. you know yep. my own my own thoughts. Yes, everybody's different like that for sure. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So fun question of the day. Yes. What was your first car? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember what year it was. Um, but let's let me think about this. I was six, I was born in 74. So I would have been 16 and what like 1990. Yeah, 1990 yeah, would have been about the year I turned 16. I, I think it was I know it was a Ford Escort. Okay. But I can't remember what year it was, but it was really old. What too. color? It was blue, kind okay. of this like grayish blue yep. drab color. And it was a stick shift. Yeah. So it was it was kind of a clunker. Like it didn't run real well. And my dad had taught me how to drive and he's a really patient man. And so um, I had had lots of driving lessons. My yeah. grandparents lived out on a farm in Rockford, you know, out okay. kind of in the um, – very rural where I'm from. And so when I was probably like maybe 14, my dad would start taking me driving on the weekends and we'd go out in these old country roads and, you know, he'd just let me drive his car and he taught me how to drive a stick shift too. So I became pretty adept at driving a stick. Well, he, his car was a newer car. And then this car that I got was like, old and it <laughs> yeah. was just harder to shift you know yeah. like it, it didn't shift as smoothly as mm-hmm. the car I had learned on but I remember I my birthday's in September so I was my la- the last of all of my friends to turn 16 so I turned 16 the beginning of my junior year okay so I was super excited to like drive to school now like I could finally yeah. you know um be driving to school and I wasn't great at driving this car yet, but I was yeah. like, yeah, I've got okay. it, you know? Yeah. So I drove to school. And then um, I remember leaving school and it's, you know, very congested with the traffic and everything because school's out, everybody's leaving. And my car stalled. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, okay. So I turned it back on again and I started up again and it stalled again. And I, it turns out I was in, I think I was in third gear. Okay. Instead of first gear. First gear, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it took me like three times to kind of figure it out. And I, I remember kind of this like panic coming over me like, this yeah. is so embarrassing. And oh my gosh. And I didn't have the car that long because it didn't um, run really good. And then I got it. My my dad ended up giving me another car and it was a Ford Escort too, but it was a much newer one. Yeah. And I think it was blue too. Yeah. So what about you? Well, I'm the same. Well, and I have to say this, I had my car, it was stick as well. And I was out the mall and I couldn't get it started. Same thing (gasps) called mall security. It was in neutral. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I had a habit of doing that. I ran out of gas. I've called my dad. Dad, I can't get the car to start. 
And he's like, no is that a gas? I was like, oh my gosh, really? Blonde moment. Yes, big time blonde. Hello. But I was the same way. I had, my first car was stick shift. I had- What um, was it? Oh my gosh. It was a, I'm trying to think of the year. I think it was a 1989 Ford Mustang. Oh. No, not the cool kind. Okay. It was the ugly kind of Mustang. And I, I'm not sure what the body was. But, but it had to be pretty new if it was an 89. Um. I think it, w- it was newer, uh-huh. but it wasn't the greatest. And kind mm-hmm. of like you, well, it was being my first car, stick shift. Um, that was the car that I drove forever. I'm going to guess three or at least three years. And I remember Dan getting in my car and he said, oh, my gosh, is your left leg like huge? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, your clutch is so heavy. And I had no idea what he was. So then I got on his car and drove it. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. I was like, this is amazing. So yeah. Nothing to compare it to. So you just didn't know. So it definitely was not the cool kind of Mustang at all. It was kind of the nerdy, I don't know, some people say the Fox body. I don't know, which is not my style at all. Sure. But your parents just like bought it for you, right? So you weren't complaining. Yeah. Actually, it was Bill Marine was next door to my dad's business. Okay. And so bought it off of them. It was my first. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, way back Now, did when. you wreck it ever? No, thankfully. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you never did? No, no. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah, knock on wood. But That's yeah, good. it was, yeah, I was glad to get rid of it and get something else eventually. I'd never, I didn't wreck that first car. I just kind of quit working and we got rid of it. But then um, the second car, and I can't remember how long I had. I think I got that second car. I probably had that first car for about a year. And then the second car I got when I was a senior. And somewhere towards the end of my senior year, maybe it was like in that summer between um, senior year and freshman year of college, I let my boyfriend drive the car. We were headed to some party in cold water, I think. And it was freezing rain. And I remember my parents, I was working that that night and my parents had both called work and said, Hey, it is terrible out. Go home yeah. after and I'm like, I'm good. Like I, I know how to drive yeah. in terrible weather. <laughs> like I'm great. I got this. So we decided to take off to this party and we're taking the back roads and, you know, we're driving kind of slow, but freezing rain and my boyfriend it like slid and it flipped and yeah and um I ended up having to go to the ER like I had yeah I like there was a big cut in my ear that was bleeding and it was from like my earring had kind of hooked up in my ear and I was fine but the car was totaled and I was scared to death because you know how as a teenager you just kind of think you're invincible and like Mm -hmm. like like my parents realize my parents called saying it's terrible out don't go and I'm like I'm good. I've got this. And that totally changed my perspective. Like I then all of a sudden realized, wow, this is kind of scary. Like you are not as in much control as you think you are sometimes in the car. So it was a good life lesson. he was driving, you weren't driving. Yeah, I know. But still, I think it just just scared me. So now ever since then, I'm a little bit. Yeah. I don't like, like, I don't like. Yeah being risky in cars anymore. No, no. Well, and I will say, and I, of course, I don't drive a stick now. I'm the only one in our family that doesn't have stick. But um, I will say that I think stick is more safe driving in bad weather because you mm. can downshift mm. and slowly do that instead of that brake. Yeah. So I've always kind of felt like they're a safer yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And it's just good to know how to drive it. Like I I want my girls to learn how to drive a stick too. Well, I I remember, and then we'll move on to our topic, but I was stuck in a situation in high school where I was the only sober one in a car and the guy had a stick shift and I had to drive and him explaining to me how to drive stick after that i said i need to learn how to drive stick because mm-hmm. that was ridiculous so yeah it's it's a lost art lots yeah. of people you know don't drive stick anymore and it's too bad and they should yeah so yeah i'm glad i know how mm-hmm. anyways know how. yeah all fun. right yes <laughs> i like that little topic today that was a fun <laughs> different thing to talk about yes it was so so yeah you know um We've talked about nutrition before, but I think this is a topic we can keep coming up back to again and again and again because there's just so much to talk yes. about when it comes to nutrition. And the thing that I was thinking of when I first started kind of um, downloading some thoughts to talk about today was just the confusion out there. Um, I had a patient this week email me asking me some specifics because, you know, I have talked to her and told her some things and um, gave her some resources Um, I think I printed off a diet from the Institute of Functional Medicine um, website for her to kind of loosely follow. And I recommended a book for her. And, And then she has done, of course, some research on her own, too. And they all said slightly different things. Yes. And so then she's emailing me saying, what should I do? And you know, she really wants to be compliant. She wants mm-hmm. to do what I'm asking her to do. And it's so confusing. And then I also think what happens is dieting is so hard. And the results are so um, in the future. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. not quick. And so you feel like maybe I'm doing this wrong. And this is why I'm not getting the results. And so it's so easy to kind of give up and try something new because maybe there's a factor that you're just not quite figuring out. And I think that is one of the hardest things for people with diet. Don't you think? Well, yeah. And and it's so, and I think it's hard when you see one person, you know, they're doing this and they're having great results Mm -hmm. and they look fabulous and all kinds of stuff. And I tried it and I felt awful and I didn't do well and I didn't, you know, my exercise was horrible. And, and so it, it, becomes very frustrating Mm -hmm. of, you know, why this. And so I think that's why it's so important for us to really talk about there is no perfect diet Mm -hmm. and kind of really explain why there is no perfect diet. Right. Because we're all unique beings, right? Mm -hmm. And what works for one person doesn't always work for the other person, or oftentimes doesn't work for the other person. We all have different bodies. We all have different metabolisms. We all have different preferences. Yeah. Um, You know, we all just, there's so many factors. Yeah. And trying to dial that in and find what's perfect for you is so challenging. It is, you know, and it's just looking at, you know, you know, we've talked about a couple clients this week that were diagnosed with celiac disease, Mm -hmm. which means, you know, you can't have gluten. And so, um, you know, so many things, so many people don't know that mm-hmm. and, you know, have a lot of maybe, um, maybe not even a, might just have intolerance to something and mm-hmm. their body doesn't react well and you don't process the calories the same. Exactly. And so it's, there's so many things that go into it that you really have no idea, mm-hmm. you know, on how your body pro- is processing your foods that you're eating. So, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, you know, in my patients, we do these three tests. And the third test that we do tests the metabolism. And there's all these micronutrients that you need to make your metabolism work perfectly. Yeah. Well, 
What's tricky, though, is you have to eat the micronutrients. Mm -hmm. Then you have to absorb the micronutrients through your gut. So if your gut's inflamed, so say... It's just... Going right through. Yeah, yeah, I know you had um, some food allergy testing done, and you had some food allergies of things that you would have never thought never you were allergic guessed. to. Yeah, and so because of that, your gut's inflamed. So even if you're eating the perfect foods, your body isn't absorbing them from the inflammation yeah. that's created in your gut from eating these quote unquote healthy foods that your body is reacting right. to. Right. And um, and so you're doing like. Somebody else could have been following your exact same diet and seeing much more profound results. Yeah. And you're like, what is wrong with me? And and then we tend to think it's something like deficient in ourselves, right? Like maybe it's our own I don't have the willpower. willpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And so that is that is just a further complicated. The other thing that I think is so prevalent in making this hard for people is just how consistent you have to be and how long-term focused you have to be with diet. Right. So I was talking to a friend this weekend and um, you know, she struggled with her weight forever since I've known her. And, you know, I watch her eat when we're together and she eats really well. Like mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I don't understand why she's not having successes. But what she told me is she said, you know, I really will try hard for a while and then I get so mad because the scale isn't budging. So there's two things about that I want to talk about. One is what's realistic with the scale mm-hmm. and what I think the prop- appropriate mindset would be. One is what's realistic with the scale is if you are very strictly adhering to a diet and not cheating and not, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm really sticking to it. A pound a week is as a reasonable amount of weight loss. Right. That's four pounds a month. You know, that's, and, and it feels so hard. Yeah, I'm working this hard. And so it feels like it's not working. I just lost a pound. That's all. Yeah. And it's like, great. That's awesome. Like, yeah. That is really good. But I, I think the amount of effort it takes to lose that pound. Now, sometimes you don't even lose the pound. Like sometimes right. your body just takes some time, you know, to really reset. And what I told this friend this weekend is I said, when you get on the scale and it has not moved, know that all those nutritious choices that you made are still still good for you like so good for you because she thinks and I think most people are like this too like didn't work forget it I'm eating the Oreos again but I said even if the scale didn't move that was still a great investment right in your health yeah and you know sometimes it takes several weeks of an investment before you'll start to see any results Mm -hmm. but it's still good for you you know the, the scale coming down is motivation right for sure you know, like I like it when I'm right. working we hard all, and yes. the scales coming down see, yeah yes but when it's not coming down um it's it's still like okay why am I why yeah. am I doing this is it just to see a number on the scale or is it to be healthy and exactly what yeah. is your end goal right you know because everyone has an end goal and most clients are like what I would consider like a level one client. Mm-hmm. They want to feel good. Mm-hmm. They um, want to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they just want a, um, not necessarily, they don't want to be like this big figure competitor, all kinds of stuff. And so it's just really looking at, it's the small changes over a period of time mm-hmm. that are really the best changes. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's what's hard is because we do want these big things 
but is that really what you want? Mm -hmm. Because the work that it takes to look like, you know, some of these people that we see on magazines, it's it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And that's really what we want people to do is make the sustainable changes that you can do, not for 30 days, but for 30 years. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I was kind of beating myself up a little bit yesterday because I planned on having some dessert on Saturday night, and I did, but I had more than I planned on having. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then I planned on eating really clean on Sunday, and I had a really great morning time was great, lunch time was great, evening time I had this very healthy choice, but then I went home and kind of blew it, you know. And I was going to bed, and I was like, oh, gosh, Libby, what'd you mess that all up. And then I thought, you know what? If you look at a week's time, that's 21 meals. So I had planned to have one of those 21 to be not so perfect. And I had two of the 21 not be so perfect. Yeah. Oh, well, right? Like those other 19 that I did were great. Yeah. You know? You know, and I think that's what's really important. You know, I'm really telling people, I think if you're really wanting to look at your journal, and I think a journal can work both ways. Mm -hmm. A journal is very honest because people will say, I have a great diet. And then going back and looking at the diet, you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it wasn't that great. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, like you, you can go back and really look what you did well. Mm -hmm. I had 19 great meals. Right. I only had two, but, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, in the end, that was a great success. Mm-hmm. So, I it, mean, it, yes. it, it can go both ways. And right. really being honest with yourself and, and, you know, really looking what you're doing. And let's be honest, I don't want a life where I never have those moments where I kind of really, right. really indulge in what I'm wanting, you know. Yeah. And so um, I don't really ever see a spot where I never have cheesecake or whatever it is like I like I enjoy I mean food is enjoyable and so um you know like you mentioned long term long term sustainability you know but I was I was frustrated with myself because I had planned to have it Saturday and I did and I didn't plan to have it Sunday but you know what oh well like today's a new day right exactly yeah um I was reading this book just this morning, um, and it was talking about, like, thinking about um, maybe where you want to be in six months with your Mm -hmm. diet. Okay, so instead of, like, next week or, you know, whatever, six months in the the future, and to think of it as, like, climbing a mountain. So you're at the bottom of the mountain, and you're going to, six months from now, you're going to make to the top. The thing, only thing that that differs between whether I'm going to make it or not is whether I give up. Right. And... Um, I mean, you just take one step in front of the other and you just keep going. Now, that's not to say you're not going to reach some plateaus right. on the climb. Exactly. And it's not to say that you're not going to take some tumbles and fall. Yeah. Like I took a little tumble last night, yeah. but I stood back up and guess what? Today I'm doing great. You well, know? you know, and I look at that as not being failures, mm-hmm. but looking at that and learning what can I do to, mm-hmm. what can I do differently the next time to set myself up for success? Right. What happened there? You yeah. know, like what was the deal? What and, made me do that? Yeah. And I can figure out kind of what the deal was and, um, you know, but yeah, it's not a failure. It's just like, all it, right. It's not. Yeah, it, yeah. It's looking ahead. You know, and that's the one thing that I will definitely tell anybody to two most important things that you can do for healthy nutrition. One is move. Mm-hmm. Move. Yeah. You know, make small changes throughout the day, throughout the week, and move. And to be mindful. 
Mm-hmm. You know, be mindful when you're eating. Slow down. You know, take those extra four or five chews and yes. really learn your hunger cues. Yes. Those are, I think, like two, some of the most important things. Like anyone that's wanting to get on, you know, how do I do this? Those are two of the most, once you mm-hmm. get those two things down, mm-hmm. you know, everything else kind of starts to be a little bit easier. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Those are, that's great advice. Yeah. I be mindful when you're eating because, um, like last night, <laughs> it's not real yeah, I was, eating, I was I was eating at a pure. You like, turned it off. Yes, I did, and I I didn't want. And s- I did the same thing Saturday night, so don't worry about it. Oh my gosh! See, you're human. Yeah. I'm human. Yes, yes, I know. But it's like I was thinking um, about, you know, like like you said, journaling. I think is so good. Like I think planning your food ahead of time is really good because you know there's kind of like two parts of our brain there's like the planning part of our brain and then there's the part of our brain that's the primitive like animal part of our brain right yeah and so when you think about what you want like I think the planning part of your brain can really come into play you know it's Mm -hmm. like I want to be healthy I want to be thin I want to eat foods that are gonna nourish and serve my body and then there's that like animal instinct part of our brain and it's kind of like a toddler with a knife and it's like it's like what do you want versus what do you feel like well what do I want I want to be healthy but what do I feel like brownies and like five of them you know yeah and then that toddler with the knife part of your brain will be like you deserve them it's been a stressful week it's a holiday you've been good the whole week you know you know they taste so good I mean like like that's what the toddler is telling you and then when you're trying to tell the toddler no the toddler is like in the grocery store throwing itself on the ground hungry I want that stuff yes yes and so I think thinking about what you want versus what you feel like Mm -hmm. you know and oftentimes what you feel like isn't what you want right for your life like you want to reach the top of the mountain and if you always stop and do what you feel like every step of the way you're never going to get there. Well, right? you know, and I think it's really important to like when you're talking about being the top of the mountain, whatever that goal is at the top of that mountain and working backwards with mm-hmm. your goals, you know, of, you know, you start with your smaller goals to obviously you're not going to, you know, climb Mount Everest on your first, you know, week, right. you know, it takes months and months and months of building up to that same thing, right. like with our Iron Man, And so it's looking at the small changes, but I think in the back of our head, always having that, what does our self-hero look like at the top of the mountain? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I told myself I could have one dessert, mm-hmm. but now it's turned into two days. Mm-hmm. Does my self-hero at the top of the mountain, can I get there doing that? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, or yes, but it might take a lot longer. Right. So it's making those decisions and always kind of going back to what is that end goal? And is right. what am I doing right here? helping me towards that goal or is it setting me back and then here's the other thing I want to say about diets too is I think they all work Mm -hmm. they all have their place yeah it's just a question of you can't think of your diet as something that you're going to to embrace to get you there and then dump right because how many people do you know and I mean and I'm going to raise my yeah. hand here too because oh. it's been me before is I'm going to do this diet for 30 days or until I get to this weight yes. and then I'm going to stop it. And guess what happens? Yeah. Then you gain it back easily. <laughs> you know, right back. And I have absolutely no problem with someone saying, you know, I want to get ready for my wedding or I mm-hmm. want to do this or do that. But 
you know, understanding that let's look at sustainability after that. But when we're talking about all these fad diets, and some of them actually really do have a place, Mm -hmm. you know, and do really well when you have certain chronic health issues that they work really well with that. But I think it comes back to kind of what we learned a couple years ago, eating clean and healthy non-processed foods. Mm -hmm. It kind of goes back to that Mm -hmm. when people say, what do I eat? Eat the rainbow Mm -hmm. of your fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Eat lean meats, Mm -hmm. throw some fish in and some healthy fats. And really that's, you know, that's kind of the big gist of it. And eat it forever. You know, so it's not like, I mean, there's a ways to lose weight fast and there's ways to lose weight forever. And when you're, when you have the forever mindset, Mm -hmm. we're not in a hurry. Right. You know, if that scale doesn't move this week, we're okay. okay. Guess what? I've got the rest of my life. And you we're know? not beating ourselves up about it either yeah. of, oh my gosh, I didn't lose five pounds because I worked so hard this week. Well, you know, it takes our body a while to adjust to mm-hmm. that. Exactly. So. I know. I know. Andy's been working on it. And he, you know, I got him off of his sweeteners. Yeah. And he's doing great with that. But he's not really seeing the scale budge that much. And he'd like to have it come down a little bit. And, you know, I, I told him, I said, don't give up. Like, your body is is um, rebuilding right now. Your body is yeah. like, okay, where are the sweeteners? What are we know? doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, what's going on here? And I said, just stick with the course. It will start to and, – and know that even if the scale isn't moving – you know, you are making yourself a healthier version of you. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I don't know if I told you guys this on the podcast. I, I think I shared it with you, Alex, though. But um, he, I checked his blood sugar one morning. Yes. And, and you know, so for a normal blood sugar should be like 70 to 100 is normal. But the lower, the better. Fa- this is fasting mm-hmm. in the morning before you've exercised or had anything to eat. So like 70 to 80 would be kind of ideal, but 70 to 100 is considered normal. Then 100 to 125 is considered um, impaired fasting glucose, kind of pre-diabetes. Yeah. This is where we know that you have some insulin resistance going on. And then 126 and above is diabetes. And um, I checked his blood sugar and anyone who knows my husband, he's not an overweight guy. No, I mean, he's no. he's fit. fit. Loves yeah. fitness. Yeah, loves fitness. His blood sugar was one o five when I checked it in the morning. This was like maybe a month or two ago, and then I checked it again the next morning just to kind of see because yeah, this will compare. vary. You don't mm-hmm. want to just make a huge um, rash judgment based on one. The next day, one ten. And his diet's clean. He eats good. And so I got him to stop all the crystal light. And then even he was drinking these like true limes in his water yeah. and like lots of it but um they it's natural it's like stevia truvia yeah. in there but i'm like it still spikes your insulin so stop drinking that and he begrudgingly gave it up and about a week later no movement on the scale so he's like this yeah. isn't working you know and i'm like let's check your sugar and it was 90 yeah and look at that yeah That's there's 15, going to change yes yeah, 15 yes pa- or 15 points down so his body is getting healthier and when his body gets healthier he'll st- this, the weight yeah. will start to come come down now yeah you know he hasn't been yeah i've caught him in the pantry multiple times yeah. eating handfuls of chocolate <laughs> chips so but you know yeah but um when he decides and he's a guy and i'm like this too when he decides oh. to put his mind to it he will buckle down and do it yeah. he just hasn't quite made that decision yeah. yet but he's doing a lot of things right and if yeah. he really wants that scale to move he'll he'll buckle down and make those decisions and he'll get it to move but yeah. i'm not sure how bad he wants it because you have to want it i mean it's um it takes some 
dedication yeah. for sure. You know, and I think a lot of it is, you know, we just don't have the educational knowledge mm-hmm. on a lot of the choices. I was talking to someone the other day and we were just talking about her morning choices um, of food. And she mm-hmm. said, I didn't get to have my oatmeal this morning. I had a banana and she was really bummed about that. Mm-hmm. And I said, actually, banana is a better choice. Mm-hmm. And she's like, it is. And I said, well, number, I said, number one, your packet of oatmeal that you're getting mm-hmm has exactly the same carbs for what you're wanting for your pre-workout. They both have 25 to 27 grams of carbs, Mm -hmm. exactly the same. But your packet of oatmeal is processed, Mm -hmm. and it's full of garbage. Mm -hmm. Your banana is full, chock full of wonderful, wonderful nutrients in Mm -hmm. it. And I said, so actually, that was your better choice. Yes. And I kind of blew her away a little bit. And I said, you know, I mean, so we kind of started playing a game of what's better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know, Okay, let's say your oatmeal is a better choice than having a donut. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I or- mean, so we were just all talking about the exact same amount of carbs, mm-hmm. but in the end, what's the best choice? Right. And so it was a very interesting conversation to have. Yeah, and so. it is true. And yet, because like, I mean, I think of oatmeal as a pretty good choice. Yeah. I mean, compared to cocoa puffs, right? Exactly. That's why I said, you know, it's better than having a bowl of cereal. Let's say it's, you know, you have enough that's still 27 grams of carbs, mm-hmm. but your oatmeal is going to be a better choice than that because it's a longer sustaining carb that's mm-hmm. going to burn, but your banana. But then, you know, she said, well, you know, what about the insulin levels with that? And I said, well, you know, I will say in the end, pair it with something, pair it with a fat, pair it yeah. with a protein. And I said, our poor glycemic index gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And I said, but because if you pair a lot of that stuff that they tell you to stay away from, pair it with another food. It burns slow. You're just fine. It's not spiking your insulin. Well, and your insulin is supposed to go up when you eat. Yeah. Like, it's fine for your insulin to go up when you eat. You just don't want it to be going up constantly all day long. we're talking about getting away from eating four, five, six times a day, quit snacking, and just eat your three meals, if that much, a day. I 100% Mm -hmm. believe in that. I have been following this Dr. Jason Fung, who does a lot of intermittent fasting. But even if you're not intermittent fasting... Um, you know, we've told people for a long time, oh, and, and I used small, yeah. to eat this way. I mean, f- I mean, until yeah. even a few years ago, you know, and especially if I was kind of going with the calories in, calories out mentality, it was like, well, I can eat six small meals per day, small yeah. amounts, stoke your metabolism that way. And I think if you're purely counting calories, that can work. Um, but what I think is better for you is three, two to three meals mm-hmm. per day, and eat when you're eating, but then don't eat when you're not eating. Right. And when I say don't eat when you're not eating, I also mean don't intake any calories. Yeah. And that means, you know, um, a, a drink during the day, in between your meals. Um, Unless it's water. Yeah, water. I mean, yeah. Water is Yeah, fine. drink your water. Drink yeah. your water between your meals, but not like even, even Diet Coke, even <sighs> Crystal Light. Yeah. Even those no calorie or super low calorie thing. It's just enough they spike it. Yeah. to spike your insulin. Mm-hmm. So what I do, and I think you do kind of similarly, is I, I drink my water, my black coffee all day long. Like, yeah. I love my, I, I've given up my coffee. Like I don't need my coffee for energy anymore, but I just love it. And it I does love coffee. kind yeah. of serve as an appetite suppressant, I yeah. think too. Um, so that is like all day long. That's just kind of in the background happening. Um, no restrictions on that whatsoever. But then when I eat my meals, so breakfast, and I, I frequently skip my breakfast, but breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I eat and I drink during that mm-hmm. time. Like I love kombucha and I will yeah. drink that with my lunch or my dinner, but I don't drink it 
between my exactly. lunch and dinner. Yeah, because unfortunately it has a lot of sugar in it. It does, yeah. yeah. And so I want to have that when my insulin is spiking and then I don't want to have it in between. And yeah. um, I think that is you know, that's not something I've told patients for a long time. I tell them that now. Um, but that one small change can make a big difference to keep that insulin mm-hmm. level because insulin resistance happens from having your insulin stimulated all the time. time. And, you know, and, and it's just so f- crazy. I, I had this realization too the other day, like we are so tempted by things all the time. And it's yeah. so different than it used to be. Like, I don't know if I told you this, but we were at a seventh grade track meet. This would have been yeah. last, Josie was running track for seventh grade. It was on a Tuesday evening. We're at Northwestern at the track place. And you know, they had the concession stand open. And there's a kid in front of me who's eaten cotton candy that they got at the um, yeah. track meet. Now, I love me some cotton candy. Yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite things. And when I was a kid, Every year, we'd go to the yeah. Mercer County Fair in August, and I would have cotton candy. Right. That was the only time it was available for me to have it. Right. Now, would I have eaten it every Tuesday in the track meet if it was available? Yeah, I probably. And my parents would have yeah. let me. Absolutely, I would have. But it just wasn't around, you know? No, it wasn't around. It wasn't around. And we didn't stop at Speedway every Like, we day. really didn't have fast food yeah, I guess really until I was in high school, mm-hmm. and it still wasn't. I guess I was still used to my mom cooking and having food. That it just wasn't a a thing that I was going to run through McDonald's and grab right. a you know some kind of a meal and have on a that Wednesday for afternoon yeah. or something. Yeah, it just wasn't it's stuff that I thought of. So much more readily available, and I mean, it's so delicious. You know, yeah. I mean, and it's so rewarding. And but um, but it it should be. A, treat not a common occurrence but yeah I mean it's nothing like we I mean pretty much every time we travel any distance we I mean even to go visit my parents it's an hour and a half drive you know we stop to fill up the car and then we go into the gas station and then it's like my kids want to pick out a treat right (laughs) you know for the car ride and it's just kind of the norm but that wasn't the norm back when we were kids no not at all you know that was such a more rare treat yeah um, so I think that's part of it. And then, so, I mean, it's like two different polar opposite things. There's like the availability of deliciousness, screaming our name all day long mm-hmm. that we have to then willpower and say no to. And then there's the whole other extreme where, you know, I, we talked about the confusion already, but then there's a whole other extreme of like, the more you read, the more restrictive you can become. Yeah. And, and I was, there's a term actually called orthorexia Yeah. and it's the, um, just elimination of so many foods from your diet. Then you're scared. You're scared to, to eat, eat anything. Yeah. You know, and I've seen this a lot with some of my patients who are a lot of my patients are very educated and they read and they research a lot. And so it's like, no well, fat's bad for you. You know, that's the first thing. Any fat which even saturated. I disagree. Fat, yeah. fat is is can be very, very good for you. Um, but sugar, flour, carbs, no carbs. Yeah. You know, and then um, you know, there's some debate about legumes um can some people think that those can be bad for you and there are some people that those can really not be good for them dairy gluten you know and then even like like i like to eat tuna yeah but um i I used to eat a lot of it but you know then you you worry about toxicity with the mercury and so you start eliminating these things like okay so no flour no sugar no dairy no gluten no um okay too much protein can be bad for you too much fat can be bad for you what do you eat 
Yeah. You know, I mean, next thing you know, you're like, there's like three things you're allowed to eat. And yeah. it's important to have a wide variety of food yes. because your body needs all these micronutrients yeah. too. So um, I think we can go too far the other extreme too. But I really, and you, and you said it, Alex, at the beginning, real food. Real food. And my kids will ask me all the time, is this good for me or bad for me? I said, if it can live in our pantry for months on end and not go bad, it probably isn't really good for you. Yeah. If it's in the refrigerator or it's something that we have to eat within a week or so from me buying it, yeah. it's probably a lot better of a choice for you. You know, and that's when I when I did the elimination um, diet last year for the first time. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, cutting the, you know, all gluten, all processed, you know, sugar, carbs, and I and I want to get back to carbs a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but it was with the mindset. If it it was just almost like detoxing your body, but then um, bringing it back in because mm-hmm. we you know certain things bring that if you don't have an intolerance an allergy to dairy or to legumes or to certain things, you need to have the nutrients mm-hmm. of it. You yeah. know you don't you really don't want to keep that out of your diet because some things you can't get in a pill. Right. You can't replace unless it comes directly from the food. Mm-hmm. So you really need to just be careful of that. And like you said, it can't be scary because you just read all this stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, and then people are like, oh, carbs are bad. And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about the carbs, mm-hmm. you know. And I see this a lot of times when people do, and I did this myself, I was very guilty of it. Um, you know, when I did the elimination diet, I didn't realize how I cut all my carbs out. And then my workouts felt really yucky. Mm-hmm. And th- so then it was finding really healthy alternatives, you know, plantains, sweet yes. potatoes, you know, um, yucca, just different things, you know, white rice, just adding that stuff back in, but right. the healthy stuff. Right. So, yeah. Carbs, it's when you cut carbs in your diet, it's um, kind of rewarding initially because carbs cause you to hold a little bit of water. Mm -hmm. So when you, if you've been eating carbs and then you kind of eliminate them, you see a little bump on the scale Yeah, because your body starts to release water. And so we feel like, oh my gosh, I can't eat carbs. And, um, but you know, I want to learn, I I want to lose body fat, not water weight. Right. So, exactly. you know, if I'm holding, like if I'm always eating carbs and hold a little bit of water because of the carbs, you know, that's, that's just yeah. not even yeah. um, something to be worrying about. I remember when you did that elimination diet, you rocked it, girl. You yeah. really did. But you get into that. Orthorexia a little bit. Big. Yep. It, it's, it was scary a little bit to add because I felt so good mm-hmm. and I liked it. And then I didn't want to add stuff back in. And, but then it was, you know, really thinking about that of, you know, unless you have an intolerance or an allergy, there's no reason to keep, you know, the healthy stuff. Right. You know, add it back in. Right. Because and, we do need mm-hmm. so many. And, I, and I'm really guilty of kind of eating the same sort of things again and yeah. again and again. I have like the things that I like and it's like, oh, I'll just keep eating this. So easy. Yeah. But, um, but it's really good to eat a wide variety of things. Yeah. And like you mentioned a couple of times already, but it's really true is the rainbow. Like it's, yeah. I, I look at my kids' plates sometimes and Josie like loves the white food. You know, it's oh. like, oh my gosh. I know, I know. You know, and that's what I would love to actually sometime do like a food prep course or something mm-hmm. with people to really show people how to add some color in well you know just sitting down what that looks like Mm -hmm. you know because people are like i'm stressed i don't have time i don't have this and i'm like you know once you do it a couple times and you really figure out the the little 
tricks to do your food prepping and then you have it, I'm like, it is so great to run to your refrigerator and grab stuff on the way out the door Mm -hmm. and not be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat now? What am I going to do? I'm stuck. Either I don't eat or I'm going to have to eat fast food. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's those things too. But when you can sit down and plan it, then you really can look at your variety of foods and really work that into like a really nice, like two or three week rotating menu plan. It absolutely is. And, you know, you think, okay, fast food's so quick and it's easy, but what's really quicker and easier is if you plan it all ahead of time and you have it, that's even faster than fast food. Yeah. I'm amazed at how quickly I can knock out an entire week's food prep, Mm -hmm. two, two and a half hours done, beginning to end Mm -hmm. everything. Are you still doing it right now? Mm -hmm. I was doing it. And now with COVID, now that I'm home always. You're cooking a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of have... I mean, we kind of have an idea of what we're eating, but it's it, it, so it's 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 just not as structured as it right. previously was. But yeah, I won't say it's Dan. Still, we grill out every Sunday, mm-hmm. and we have all the meats pretty much done. Which for me is the big thing because I do like to cook my vegetables every two to three days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it's not as, but it's there and it's ready, and I can. One thing I'll say about diets in general, because like, what is the best diet? They all are different. I think they all work while you're on them. It's just a matter, can you stick with it forever? And the one thing that every diet agrees upon is vegetables are good. Yes. And you can't eat too many vegetables. Right. You know, yeah. I don't care what diet it. I mean, I, the only diet I guess I would disagree with that is the carnivore diet. Um, but other than that, I think every diet agrees. Veggies, 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 veggies. Yeah. But eat as many veggies. They're such a low calorie option. And they there's part of, you want to fill your gut. Unless it's iceberg up. lettuce. Yes, iceberg lettuce. Yeah, might be the exception. But you want to fill your gut up, like physically fill it up. Like, um, you know, the the volume of the food that you eat can be part of the satiation that you get from eating. And so vegetables, you know, eat away. And think about that. The phytonutrients that you get from vegetables, you can't get anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You can't replace. So, I mean, you are just, like you said, so it's a win-win situation. Yes. You're filling yourself up on it. Plus, you're getting tons of nutrients. Yes, absolutely. So what's You're your... making me hungry. <laughs> For some broccoli. I love broccoli. Like I that, do too. I eat a ton Brussels, of broccoli. broccoli. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I buy these steamer bags and I, Kroger and you pop mm-hmm. them in the microwave for like five and a half oh, minutes. Yeah. And then That's I put me. a little bit of butter and salt on that on it and it is yeah. so good. Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. I I um, even gave Andy and Ainsley both a bite of mine the other day. I said, because... I mean, I just can eat it plain, like, and I yeah. will eat it that way all the time too. But you know, butter is a healthy fat, and so mm-hmm. I don't smother it in butter, but I put just some butter crazy, on yeah. it, and it was really hot, and the butter had melted, and then I salted it with like this pink Himalayan sea salt. Oh yeah, so good. And um, I was eating, and I'm like, my gosh, like, I know my family thinks that I'm kind of nuts. I'm the same way. I can eat the entire bag. I can eat it, no problem, no problem. And I so I gave Ainsley a bite, and then I gave Andy a bite, and they're like, this is good. I could eat it like this. I'm like, I know, it's really like, that's tasty. why I do it. Yeah. It's yeah. good. It's good for me and it tastes good mm-hmm. too. So so if you had one takeaway to give our listeners today, what would it be, Alex? Look at long term. Mm-hmm. Really ask yourself, you know, I'll I'll have people ask me what's a perfect diet. And I'm like, you know, it really depends on your situation. Mm-hmm. Look at your family, look at your work schedule, look at your social schedule. Be honest with yourself on what you can commit to. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that and you can do that, I would honestly just start off with movement, being more mindful mm-hmm. and eating 
less processed garbage. Great. I mean, really. Yeah, it seems so simple, but Mm -hmm. it does, does work. Yes. And and, um, I guess my takeaway, I've got lots of them, but I, I was thinking about this concept. Like I tend to think of like treating myself is giving myself like a cupcake, you know, Mm -hmm. and really treating myself is taking care of my body in a way that serves me in a healthy, healthy way. And so um, I guess I think about like telling the toddler part of me with the knife that's begging for the bad food, like, listen, I see you, but I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to the person that I want to be, which is a healthy Mm -hmm. version of myself at my ideal body weight that I have the rest of my life to get to. And here's here's the thing, when you get there, it's not like, oh, it's over. I've made it. You got to yeah. keep doing what you're doing. Otherwise, exactly. you're not going to stay there. So, exactly. so don't be in a hurry to get there because it doesn't get all that much easier once you've gotten there. No, no, exactly. <laughs> so that's... so I think that's why it's important about just being honest on what is sustainable in your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about what we've got coming up. We've got several things coming up and we don't know quite how it's going to um, lay out exactly, but um, what... What do we have coming up in the next few episodes? I know we're going to talk about testosterone and Mm -hmm. then epigenetics, Mm -hmm. which I'm fascinated with, especially with kind of all this stuff going on with COVID. Mm -hmm. I think it really goes hand in hand on kind of your self-responsibility. Exactly. So So we'll have mm -hmm. both of those episodes coming up. And then we're also going to have an episode with some guests coming up, too. We have um, Matt Schindeldecker and CJ. Um, coming on one of these days and we're going to talk about grit with them yeah. I think is what we're going to talk about and so so we don't know how it's going to all play out but um, hey if you've got it's something coming. you want to share with us about diet or a question you know we invite you to comment on our blog on our website underneath the episode um, this week or next week and um, we'll answer any questions you post on there so if you go on over to www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com you can find us there and um, we appreciate you joining us thanks for being with us and we'll see you see you next time yeah have a great week everybody all right see you guys thanks Thank you for listening to the PRing Life podcast. If you are interested in learning more or would like to work with us, head on over to our website, www.northsidefunctionalmedicine.com. See you next time.